Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star on Father's Day weekend. As Larry said, we got some special stuff planned for him, but would y'all join me today and congratulate all the awesome dads in the room today. Let them know how proud you are of them. See a lot of you with your family with you, and I think, I think today's gonna be really, really good. Uh, we, were, we were at Windshape. It was an awesome week. How many of y'all had kids at Windshape this week? Did they have a great week? Wasn't it fun? Uh, we were with some, Ann was in a room with some young moms, and they're like, okay, what was the favorite age of your children? What, what was your favorite age? And Ann went, grown and married. All right, those are our favorite ages. She, went, she really was telling the truth. And uh, it made me think back, I remember, uh, this morning, 6.30 a.m., my daughter, who I've been so blessed with two great kids, we'll get dinner with them tonight and their spouses, but uh, my daughter called me 6.30 this morning, and I was thinking about, and I was here, and she's an early bird too, and I was thinking about how far we've come when she was in sixth, sixth seventh grade, she was at Lost Mountain Middle School, and I remember I was going to the school to speak, and I was walking down the hall, and they had these big pylons in the middle of the hall. And I saw her coming from a distance. And this is what I remember. She tried to be invisible. She moved like this to hide behind one of the pylons because she didn't see me. You know what I did? I went right over to her. Hey, baby. All right. It just ruined her life for a little while. So we've come a long ways as they get older, they get more comfortable. And so uh, it's, it's all good. So Acts chapter four, you take your Bible, turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter four is where we're gonna camp out today. Uh, if you've got the North Star app, that is the easiest way to follow along, North Star Church, Georgia in the app store, that will get you all the stuff. If you've got the sermon note sheet, that's great because you can take notes and of course you got your Bible out and read along with us. Um, you know, typically in life, if you get a nickname, it's probably not the best thing, right? You got it in middle school or high school and you did something and everybody made fun of it. And some of the reasons some of y'all moved to Ackworth is you're running from the nickname that you got growing up. And so, but the nickname of the guy we got today is unique. Would y'all stand with me in honor of reading God's word together? The early church is formed. The early church is going. Now, know this, we, we go to church and we just sort of go home. Back then, when you left the either Jewish sect of society and began to follow Jesus, or you were one of the Roman citizens or the Gentiles, and they really weren't going at this point, but you really ostracized yourself and it could cost you. They would lose jobs, they would lose income, they would lose status the whole bit. This church, this early church in the book of Acts had to take care of each other. And this is the story we pick up, Acts chapter four, verse 34. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses, they would sell them. And they would bring the money to the apostles to give the, to those who need. So this was born out of, listen, for us to make it, we gotta take care of each other. That's sort of where that whole thing of selling off land, selling off houses came from. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed 
Barnabas, which means son of what? What's the next word? Interesting. What's in his name? We all, if you grew up around church, you've heard the story of Barnabas. Barnabas wasn't even the guy's name. His name was Joseph. He was from the tribe of Levi. That was his name. But his life gave him a brand new name. And his life gave him the name Barnabas. They looked at his life and went, no, 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 no. He's not Joseph to us. He's an encourager to us. We're going to call him and nickname him Barnabas. And not only did that nickname stick for that generation, that nickname has stuck now for 2,000 years because of how he lived out his journey. He was from the tribe of Levi. He came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned. He brought the money to the apostles. And he began to live out something we feel the echoes of today. Would y'all pray with me? God, if there's anything our world needs, it's more encouragers. God, I thank you that one guy lived his life in such a way that it marked the apostles. God, may encouragement mark our lives when others speak of us. So God, speak to us. God, may today we be challenged in a way we have to do something with the challenge. And that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you're seated, turn around and wish a couple people around you. Happy Father's Day, and then you can grab a seat. You know, over this series, Echoes, we've watched how these great characters of Scripture lived in such a way, made decisions in such a way that their lives echo now generations later. Barnabas is a great example because Barnabas wasn't even the guy's name. It was just his nickname. That's what the apostles called him because they said the only way you can describe him is as an encourager. What was it that he did to get him that nickname? What can we do that we can be encouragers? Let's face it. There are some people in life you're really happy to see coming. Those are encouragers. And then there are other people in life that you're really happy to see going. Those are discouragers, right? I mean, we, we learn that in life. How do I become an encourager? Number one, ready? By what I give. Barnabas shows up in the story of the early church and goes, guys, I know that you need help. And he brought money from the sale of his land and he encouraged them by what he gave. I have never met an encourager that wasn't also a giver. Now, I'm not talking about just the tithe, which is giving back to the Lord. That's part of it. But just a giving lifestyle, like they're constantly sowing into the lives of other people. All right, time out. We'll speak to Dad specifically here real quick. One of the greatest legacies you can live in your, leave in your children's lives is showing them what it means to give, to bless other people. 
you see somebody and you're like, we need to do something for them. And you pick up the tab of somebody at a restaurant. I cannot tell you how many times I have been out to eat. Somebody picked up our tab and it marked my children. Like, I can't believe somebody would do that. When we give, we encourage, don't we? We give our time, we give our talent, we give our resources. We teach, we model. Barnabas gave. It's one of the reasons he was given the nickname. That was his first, he sort of burst on the scene out of nowhere. And they're like, dude, this joker's different. And they call him the son of encouragement. His name is Joseph. But he encouraged by what he gave. Second way we encourage is by what I say. We encourage by what we say. Do my words speak life? Or do my words speak death? The power of life and death is in the tongue. How many of y'all have had people in your life speak encouragement into your life? Like they speak life into you. How many of y'all can think of somebody like that? How many of you can think of somebody who spoke death into your life, and when you think of them, you think of things they said to you that tore you down. Raise your hand. I, t- I still remember I had one coach, ninth grade basketball, and he, I, my memory, I never played basketball again because of that coach, and I wasn't any good. But anyways, that's a whole other thing, but he fits my point number two. But he just spoke death, right? It was just like, There was nothing ever positive. We don't ask for amens a lot around here, but can I get an amen on this? Life's hard. Can I get an amen on that? It's hard. You want to stand out from the crowd? Be an encourager. Speak into somebody's life. You've heard so many great leaders from Truett Cathy to John Maxwell say this phrase, you know how somebody needs encouragement, how you know they need it, is they're breathing. Barnabas spoke, I want you to pick up the story. So most of the New Testament is written by a character named Paul. Before he was Paul, his name was Saul. He was a persecutor of the early church. He's a bad joker. He meets Jesus radically on the road to Damascus and we would assume, well, then the early church, all these new believers, they're just welcoming Paul in. Wasn't the case. Look, we'll look at me. It's going to pop up the screen. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe he had become a believer. They thought he was trying to snake his way in to kill them off like what he was doing. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles told them how Saul had seen the Lord on his way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with the apostles and went all around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. Literally, here's the picture. It's Barnabas putting his arm around him going, he's one of us. You've ever, you've ever seen the movie 42? It was Pee Wee Reese and Jackie Robinson in the middle of Brooklyn Dodger Stadium when Pee Wee Reese walked over and just put his arm around him. He's with us. We encourage 
by what we say. Great author that I was introduced to, a great leader named Mike Foster. I found this quote in some of my study. I'm getting ready for another thing with him. And speak words that rebuild the torn places in each other. Boy, I pray my words do that. Speak words that rebuild the torn places in each other. Dad, speak words into your children that build them because they get torn up all day. Number three, I encourage by what I do. We put feet to it. We act on it. We do something with it. The early church is struggling. Stephen's been stoned and Gentiles now are coming to the Lord and they don't know what to do. So they call the guy, verse 23, they called Barnabas to Antioch and when he arrived, he saw the evidence of God's blessing. He was filled with joy and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. It didn't matter where you sent this joker. He was bringing encouragement with him. It could be in Antioch, it could be in Jerusalem, it could be standing with Saul. He encouraged by what he gave. He encouraged by what he said. He encouraged by what he did. And number four, he encouraged with how he lived. We encourage with how I live. you read this. When he arrived and he saw the evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Now listen to what was said about him. Listen to this. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, strong in faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. The epitaph of Barnabas' life was he was a good man. He was full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith. Not easy to do, but here's the word. I want you to write this down, and we're going, we're going, we're going to dive into the best part of the service today. He left a legacy. Would you write that down? He left a legacy. The great leader Sam Chan says it this way, legacy isn't what we leave behind. Legacy is about who we leave behind. And that's what we're going to talk about. Would y'all welcome to the stage today a very good friend of mine, a fellow North Star tender member, and just a great guy. Would y'all welcome Mr. Eric Blumenthal up today? Would you? It's so good, Eric. You, uh, you you've been your, your game's been thrown off all morning because you're always. You're, you're, you're a 931. You didn't know 11 o'clock service even existed. What, well, number one? So, welcome. Would y'all welcome to the 11 o'clock crowd, everybody? He's a 930 guy. He's a 930 guy. Tell everybody a little bit about you and your family. Give, yeah. us, give us a little update. Well, it's great to be here with you all. I, you said the 11 was a little thinner. I, I didn't think it was going to be this full. I thought I got it over <laughs> with last. <laughs> We're still, I'm still a little anxious, but it's great to be with you all. Um, so first, Eric Blumenthal, I've been married 14 years to Brittany, and um, we've got two boys, Camden and Bennett, who are almost 10 and 7. They're here. Thankfully for everybody, our three-and-a-half-year-old twins, Anderson and Evelyn, are not in the service. They're <laughs> on the corner. It would be disruptive. But um, grew up in Ackworth, didn't grow up going to church. My, uh, a couple of my best friends 
invited me when I was in middle school to North Star back when we were meeting over at North Cobb. And it has uh, just been such a special, special place for, for me personally and now my family. Uh, met Mike when I was in middle school. Our founding pastor, Ike, baptized me when I think I was in seventh grade. Um, we stood right on this stage when you married Brittany and I 14 years ago. Brittany was baptized here. All of my four children have been dedicated here. And so this is home. It's a special uh, foundational part of our lives is this community and what this church does. Mm. And you had a big week this week. Windshape was more than just a camp for you this week, wasn't it? It was. And now we're continuing to add. So my oldest son, Camden, made a decision to invite Jesus into his heart this week. And, and you're, you, you professionally do a good bit of traveling. Tell everybody a little bit about what you're doing Yeah, so I work at Coca-Cola. I told Mike, I always give him a hard time. I got to make sure brand is front and center. But uh, <laughs> So I uh, work at Coca-Cola. I've been there 17 years, actually almost 20 when I count my internships and work in our food service division and get to steward and manage a lot of our partnerships with our big uh, food service customers. You know, it's funny, we, we get together, Eric's in a leadership group that we've been in for a couple of years with a couple guys, and we were talking recently about how hard it is to be a dad. It's getting harder. It's not easy. Why do you think guys need encouragement so bad today? What would you say? Well, listen, I think uh, you mentioned it. Anybody who's breathing needs encouragement. I will say I think there's an epidemic in terms of a deficiency in encouragement, especially for men. I think it starts with a proximity challenge. So we walk around and we're close in terms of where we're sitting or walking in the halls of North Star. We were kind of laughing. If you have a Jeep or a Harley Davidson, you kind of pass somebody and you give the, the Harley Davidson hello. Dads do the same thing. We kind of see we're all, we're all it's just, it's, but it's surface level. You give the dad nod, right? Um, but there's a proximity challenge. We have got to be open to be relationally close. Um, and that's hard. It's hard for men. We grow up in a, a society where even as little boys, we're celebrated for athletic achievements, we're celebrated for being tough, and you, you hammer that into your kids, be tough, be tough. Those tears start coming as a dad, and I've done it too. You're just like, what are you doing? Ugh. On the baseball field, that's not there. There's no crying in baseball, right? And so when you're brought up that way, um, it's hard as you become an adult, and now you've got, you're going through something, and you're looking at everybody else, and you think, man, they've got their stuff together, and I'm sitting here but I can't share that. I'm not relationally available. I don't have the proximity to relationships with other men where I can open up. And it's really, really challenging. And it's something that we've got to, as fathers, make sure we're bringing our children up differently to ensure that they are emotionally available and they're vulnerable to ensure that they can be both. And it's, it's to celebrate that. But that's what we're, that's a, we're, we're fighting that. When did that when did that hit you? I mean, it, it wasn't like you just came out going, your personality is quiet. Yeah. You're more behind the scenes personality. When did it really hit you that, like, I don't have anybody in my circle? Talk, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so I'm, listen, I, six, seven years ago, I went through a really tough personal situation. And I have an amazing family. I've got two little brothers that are so close, a bunch of friends and buddies, but I didn't feel like I could have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Didn't feel like I could open that up. And I think 
that has really led me to, to think about things a little bit differently in terms of what I'm trying to instill both in my boys um, and friends around to build that community to ensure that, that that's available. I mean, again, we grow up idolizing the Lone Ranger and Batman, right? These are you know, individual things. We've got to kind of break that down, I think, to ensure that we're, we're ready and can be a help to somebody else, but also we have people available that can help us. You know, you and I were sitting at lunch at a, or a breakfast at a fine uh, Ackworth establishment and unpacking some of life, and there was a story that came up in your brain that illustrates yeah. that and how it all sort of got seeded a little bit. Yeah, no, again, it's the societal pull. I remember for, you know, for all the dads that your first child, you're just freaked out. Everything freaks you out. You can read the dad books, don't read the dad books. But that, I remember that tour of Kennestone Hospital where I needed a hug more than anybody <laughs> needed a hug as we're preparing for what was about to happen. And the nurse was taking us and there was a couple of guys in the back just trying to pretend like we were, oh, we got it covered, but we were freaked out. And she said, listen, dads, all you need to know is that's the door. Just pull up, let her out there, park. Now you guys can go and talk about sports. And we're like, yeah. And I was like, I need you to help me out here. <laughs> but again, it's what is on top of us as dads and men is like, look, you guys, it's not for you. You, you got it figured out, which, you know, we don't. You know, you were talking about couple years ago that you had a group um, that you, you had enough of enough, yeah. right? You, you got to that point of going, all right, I got to do something. I'm not, this isn't just naturally going to happen yeah. and, and, and go on in my life. And God really tapped you on the shoulder about starting a group. Talk, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, again, it goes back to kind of what I walked through. And I, I've, I looked at my little brothers, I've got three best friends uh, all of which I came to North Star with in middle school for 30 years and a bunch of other buddies. And coming through that season of my life, um, I didn't want them to have to ever go through what I went through in terms of not having somebody to reach out to. It just wasn't acceptable to me. And so what we did is we started something in my basement um, and it was just magic, the community that we created and seeing some guys that, you know, I've known since we were nine years old, open up about things that we would have never, and I see him all the time. He never said that to me. So part of me, I was disappointed that, it, man, like how long have you been walking through that? But it's been wonderful. And it started a couple years ago. I, I firmly believe we are all best suited to help the people we used to be. And that's been kind of the principle of how we've pulled this group together. And it's been going on a couple of years and it's just been beautiful to see the community, but also the friendships of people that didn't know each other coming in and now they're doing their own thing and it's just really rewarding. What, what's been the biggest thing that's happened in your life through that? I think just seeing the ripples, right? Seeing the ripples of, um, you know, saying yes. I didn't think I'd be on stage. Mike pulled me up here. This is not what I wanted to do. <laughs> so be careful with this one if you come to it with an idea. But man, we just need each other. We just need each other. We need to be able to be open and seeing how the ripples have impacted and just certain relationships that something has occurred in our lives that these two people would have never met each other and now they're paired up going through it together. You just don't know, but you gotta stay faithful. You know, you always share with me, life is best lived out front, but man, it's best understood in the rearview mirror. And you're not, you don't know, but you gotta keep walking faithfully through it. What would you say today, Eric, to a guy who's like, man, listen, I'm coaching ball teams. I'm in the middle of building a business. Life's good. This is all I need. I, I got what I need. I play golf. I hang out with a couple buds. But, but life's good. What would, what would you say to that guy? 
Congratulations. <laughs> That's awesome. I would tell you, we, st- we all need community. Mm. First and foremost, we all need community. And if you're in that stage of life, I'm telling you, somebody needs you. Mm. That's where you're at. I'll also tell you, whether it's in six days, six months, or six years, you're not going to be in that stage of life, and you're going to need somebody. And so the roots that you put down now in these seasons where there's fruit are critical to when there's not. And you will look back and you will say, I'm so thankful I joined that group or I did that thing or I had this connection because I would not have been able to get through. And that's just not happenstance, that's God planting people. And so I would say be open, but if you're in a great season, lean in, enjoy it, but somebody needs you and you're gonna need somebody coming out of it. You gave a great quote in the last service by Ernest Hemingway. Tell, tell everybody that quote. It was really, really profound. Yeah, it's something that I think about, and it's back to kind of what we were just talking about, right? So um, the danger for us, especially as men and dads, and not surrounding ourselves with encouragement. And again, not the pat on the back, no. great to see you, bud, but like deep relational encouragement it's going to spill over into aspects of your life. And the first place it spills over is into those relationships that mean the very most to you, right? It's your spouse, it's your kids, and it's going to creep, 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 creep. And so the quote is, an old man in the sea, there's a, the main character was a very wealthy individual and lost his fortune. His friend said, man, how'd you get here? And he just paused and very profoundly said, gradually, then suddenly. Mm. And that gradual peace is you get pulled away from God, you get pulled away from your friends, you get pulled away from your spouse. And next thing you know, you look around and say, how did we get here? And it feels sudden, but it has not been sudden. And I believe that a lack of encouragement and community is a really big piece to that separation, that gradual pull from where you need to be. You know, it's funny. I got a taste of your basement group. Yeah. Y'all, they, they said, we want to invite an older guy. <laughs> You ask forgiveness for that later. But anyway, so I remember showing up there on a Sunday night and we just talked about life and asked questions about being a father and being a coach and balancing that world. Your basement's only so big and you got a tap on the shoulder that you really don't have time for, that you're really, really getting you into a territory you've never been in before. But going back to that word legacy that we talked about under point number four, Talk to everybody about what, what has led you to this point and how we're going to grow what's happened in that yeah. basement and open it up to way more guys. Yeah. Well, what led me here is you made me come up here. Let's <laughs> <That's> remember. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, well, again, so for me, we disqualify ourselves from legacy. It feels too big. We live in a big community, a big world, work for a big company, but we discount the legacy that we can make. And to me, legacy really starts with the three feet that surrounds you. And so recently after seeing what had happened with um, the group in my basement, we've had some conversations and, you know, my heart is for, for men and for dads in this community that want to show up in a way that's meaningful for their children and to create something special. And again, I think really community is the currency in which we're going to purchase the encouragement that we need. Mm. And again, community is the currency in which we're going to purchase that encouragement we're going to need as dads. And so we wanted to start something, you know, we don't know really what it's going to be yet, but we know it's going to be called Legacy Makers. 
and we're gonna meet August 21st is our first night. It's gonna be once a month. And we wanna gather as men in this stage and have community alongside one another. And so grateful for Mike and his leadership, C.A. Phillips, Zach Fisher. We, you know, this is not an Eric thing. This is a God thing that we're gonna lean into in this community as we think about what we wanna be known for. Mm. And nobody better than North Star Church for that. That awesome. Everybody look at me. You will only have to be alone, men, because you choose to be. So this is going to start. It's open for any young dad. We're just going to leave it there, right? You got, you got ones you're raising up with no handbook. No, you're trying to figure it out. Don't do it alone. I'm telling you, I believe it's going to change the trajectory of this community. I believe it's going to change the trajectory of ball teams and businesses. So, Mike, what do I do with it? So we've got two, two ways that you're like, all right, I want more information. And the reason we don't have more information is we're putting the wheels on the plane as it's in the air. But we're not waiting. The time is right. You can go to www.northstarchurch.org slash legacymakers and get more information. It's going to pop up on the screen. Or you can take out this card and go, I wanna know more, I want more. And you put your name, your email, cell phone number, and just write legacy. And we will get you on a list because I'm telling you, I believe there's gonna be a couple hundred guys here, August 21st are going, I really don't even know what this means. Then there's some guys in here, you're, you're me. My kids are grown. It's a way for us to give back to a generation of guys that may not have a spiritual father in their journey. Eric, final question of today. The Bible said Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, strong in faith. Many people were brought to the Lord. One day when Camden or Bennett sitting here on stage with me, and I say, describe your dad. How do you want him to describe you? Man, um, he was there. I could go on for 10 minutes, but I want them to know I was there. Mm. Would I ask all the men in the room, all men to stand, would you? All over the room. The world is harder than it's ever been. We need you. We need you to be who God created you to be. Mike, I don't know. Good, we'll help you. You aren't alone. You're not by yourself. God's positioned you where he's put you for a reason bigger than you. I'm gonna ask Eric to pray over all the dads in the room, and then I'm going to pray over all men. So if there's a man standing next to you that you know, maybe he's family, would you reach up and put your hand on him? If you don't know them, you may not keep your hands off of them, so I don't want to create an awkward moment here, but I want you to reach up, put your hand on him, would you? Eric, would you pray over the dads in the room? Heavenly Father, Lord, we are grateful for today. We're grateful for the ability to take a pause and celebrate dads celebrate the impact that they're having day in and day out, Lord. I ask that you wrap your arms around them, encourage them, 
Help them be proud of themselves. Help us eliminate guilt. Help us focus on what we are doing versus what we're not doing. And help them know how much they are needed day in and day out. Mm -hmm. Lord, I also understand today is a very challenging day, not just for the men, but the women in this room for countless reasons, Lord. Help them be reminded that you are the ultimate father and help them know how much they are loved, Lord. We are grateful for the opportunity to serve. We are grateful for today. Father, there's some men standing around this room that aren't, they're not fathers. Maybe they want to be one day and that season has not yet come. It's in their heart. God, I pray over them. God, I pray that even now they would begin becoming the man you created them to be. They may be single and looking forward to finding that mate one day or they may be in that season of just infertility where it's not working and God, I I just pray that you will be who they need you to be today in that space and place in their journey. God, I pray over them today. God, I pray over the men standing around this room that, that have lost their dads. I know that feeling, the weird feeling. God, I pray that you fill them up where they need filled up today. God, I pray for this to be a church where men seek you with all their hearts and show us tangibly who Jesus was and how he looked, how they live out their journeys. So God, I bless them, I pray over them, and I pray your best in their lives. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. Would y'all join me and thank the Lord for all these men around this room. You guys can be seated.